1: Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. In our first series of decoding, We looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a ten principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The latter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are, our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. This is episode five of Decoding Joseph. We continue our discussion with our guest Tolu on what character traits propel Joseph to go from slave to second in command and how these can be applied in the workplace to go from employee to employer. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. What we're trying to dig up for you, who is listening to this, is how can you go from being possibly even the least paid person at your company to being the second in command, basically to the CEO saying every decision he, he makes is he, he he goes through you. Mm. That's what we're trying to decode here. Yeah. Now here's something very interesting that Bear is mentioning. I get a sense, and I, and I just felt the Holy Spirit put this on my heart to, to mention this. God, the scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Many a times people try to think, the reasons why people feel like they shouldn't consult God, and they try to come up with all these philosophies and all of these other All these other ways of doing things outside of what the Bible, which is basically, uh, should be our blueprint for how we do life, work, business, everything is in the Bible. It's because there seems to be this perception that God is against people. God created people. God wanted a family. But people have to realize that also God is not hiding his wisdom, so to say. God wants us to have access to his ways because he wants us to be victorious. God's I don't even want to put him in the same bracket and say he's arch enemy, but God's if, if God if God is the protagonist of the story, the antagonist is Satan. And people have to understand that they is a way of doing business that God had intended for us to do business. Adam was going to operate and populate this earth, basically innovate, create things through the wisdom of God. But when the fall of man came, basically we lost that. We lost the ability to think at God's level. Now, God has created a, a way for us to, to be able to tap into his wisdom, his way of doing things, which is perfect. And we we can have access to it. And all throughout scripture, you always see God trying to show us so many times that his wisdom is always going to be better than man's wisdom. In fact, just the passage of scripture that you're reading there from First Corinthians, I believe it says that uh, it says that the, the, the foolishness of God is wiser than
0: man. Yes, man. wiser than the wisdom of man.
1: Yes. And the weakness of God is stronger than uh, what, what we're Yeah. So, and if you really want to, what we're trying to say in this series is like, there is a way in which you can elevate your thinking. We're solving this world's problems are looking at them through a very shallow lens. And the problem is that the people who are in authority right now, people in government, whatever, they have pushed aside the wisdom of God. They feel like they don't need God in anything. People actually think that it was a human being who came up with thou shall not kill. They think it was a human being who came up with Thou shalt not commit adultery. They think that the moral laws of society, the moral laws that all civilization, modern civilization, is built upon, were invaded by man. No. If, <laughs> mm-hmm. think about this, if one country can't even decide whether to keep guns or regulate them or do this, I don't, how long do you think it would have taken them to human beings to agree on thou shall not commit adultery are you kidding me? like when I can have access to other women while I mean while I'm married as well or thou shalt not kill like thou shalt not do this thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain even going back to the fabric of our morality, God's ways have always been higher than how man can think about it. And I think society is is, is starting to see this, which is so unfortunate for us because we've kicked God out of the public square, out of schools, uh, some countries like the United States whose constitution was fundamentally built on Christian Judeo ethics. uh, The founders of the country uh, and now you have a lot of people who are saying oh we don't want anything to do with god and the scripture says in Isaiah 55 he says this is what this is god said. this is god this is what god says in Isaiah 55 verse 8 he says for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways says the lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And what was very interesting brother, and, and feel free by the to, to to interject here, is one of the things that I mentioned in the last episode, I said, listen, we haven't seen the best scientists. We haven't seen the best athletes. We haven't seen the best doctors. We haven't seen the best musicians. We haven't seen the best artists, teachers, lawyers, police officers only because in all of those different fields, people are relying on the wisdom of man, on the knowledge of man. The kick got out of all of those things. So yeah, if, if, you, if, if you had someone come out of like, one of the best medical schools who said, okay, I've graduated as the best medical, you know, surgeon in my class but I'm still going to need God to perform surgery or pharmacists or, you know, research and development, like all of these different fields, the world problems we're dealing with, would not even, we, we would not be dealing with a lot of problems we're dealing with because we would still be tapping into supreme knowledge and wisdom. So people don't get that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh... It's definitely that, you know, first thing I'll speak to is hopefully believers who are listening and um, take these things to heart and really ponder on it. Um, I feel that, um, and this is from really observing kind of like spiritual atmosphere of things, but not en- enough, there hasn't been enough friendship with the Father's presence. You know, um, I think we you, you always say this in prayer, you know, the grace of our our Master Yeshua Hamashiach, the love of of Elohim of God, and the communion of the you know, Holy Spirit of the Father's presence, the presence of the Father. Um, that last part, that communion, in the in the original Hebrew is it's also the same word you would use for friendship it's also mm-hmm. the same word you use for fellowship now mm-hmm. people often look at that portion and we say it all the time but we do really look at this these aspects like the last part for example the friendship and that, that's what something that Abba really taught me this morning is like uh, I was just meditating on it about the friendship of the you know the holy spirit the father the presence of the father that do we really have that friendship? You know, do we activate it? We might have the opportunity, which is which is given to us when we're saved. When you receive them into your heart, you as I, I, I you know, I, I receive you into my heart. But do we activate that in the place of seeking Him and including Him in everything that we are doing? and acknowledging him in all our ways, because, and then spending time with him every day, spending time and waiting to listen. Are we really friends with the presence of the Father? It's a Mm -hmm. a good thing to really look at because it's one thing to just read the word. It's another thing to really Adhere, abide, do the word. And I myself, you know, I, I mean I'm not a I'm not this this brush paints all of us because we all have growing to do, right? Um, yes. it's it's something that it's um, I I had to come back to the father in sincerity and say, Father, I really desire this friendship. I don't want to be someone that just um has not taken, doesn't take this relationship so seriously with you um, and this friendship so seriously with your presence, who is always wanting to be my friend. But I'm, I'm, I'm not here, you know, really taking advantage of that. And it's really from the friendship of the, the presence of the Father that you begin to tap into knowledge that is not yours, knowledge that is from the heavens knowledge is that from the father's presence knowledge that comes from his thoughts you know that supersede our thoughts and the ways of man you know so
1: absolutely and and the scripture there's so many examples of this i mean um how would yeah. you explain uh let's just speak for instance gideon in the bible if he was a military if he was an army general uh Gideon showed up to the battlefield. He he had thirty two thousand people, right? Yeah. And I think it was thirty two thousand or twenty three thousand. But basically, God, God says no. That's too many people for me to use. So there you go again. The wisdom of God, the 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 foolishness of God being wiser than man, because. He, in his own human wisdom, he showed up to the battlefield. He chose, I believe, it was twenty-three thousand people, or maybe thirty-two thousand. I think it was twenty-three thousand. And then God told him, said, "No, no, no, that's too many people." Then he drops it down to. I actually believe he dropped it down to probably twenty thousand, and then ten thousand, and then after that, God was like, "No." That's still too many for me. I, the strategy that, the winning strategy that I have for you won't work because you still have 10,000 people. I mean, who do you know? Like, which human army general right now would say, they would be thinking numbers is the way to, to win the battle. Like, the more numbers you got, the the, the yeah, more guaranteed yeah. you, you are. But God told him, no, cut down your battlefield your troops down to 300 and that's who he went with to battle.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's correct. Uh, I mean, if you're taking taking this in modern day, they might say again, Oh, those 300 men, they need to be highly skilled, but those men did not go with weapons. They only went with trumpet, a trumpet actually. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, but you know, the one thing that you notice from Gideon's story is that again, he had to hear and hear and hearing was cultivated, and so it wasn't in the battlefield that Gideon started hearing the father. And Gideon was called from a different place, so he's yeah.
1: Gideon, Gideon, Gideon had a str- he he he
0: had a prior yeah, arrangement, he had a, a prior meeting, so to say. Exactly. So he Gideon Gideon was a man. Anyone who is. Um, Called that is invited into this um, relationship, um, not in not in the sense that okay, yes, you are saved. Now let's look at um, now as us presently as believers now having the opportunity of the friendship of the the with the with the Father's presence. Um, you come into the relationship now. He's going to see. He's going to keep watching how much you keep coming to him before he starts showing you things which what we know as grace what we know as uh, oh like the father's uh the father's grace or favor over my life he, it's actually what happens as a result of us you know constantly coming to him and um seeking him and opening ourselves to him and then he begins to show you his his way of doing things through his presence. Now, before it wasn't the case, you, you know, they only uh, like for, in sense, for Gideon and you know, for, the sense, for Joseph, they had the father's, um, you know, the word, they had the word, the father would speak to them, but then the only way that the, the father really influenced the activity after they, he saw that, um, what they call it, that, they were you know steadfast with him and they really desired this relationship was that his presence would be over them would be with them but never in them never really so their righteousness was almost was credited to them so for us it's now such a beautiful thing that we have the presence of the father in us literally changing and transforming us to to like even the work of our hands even, going from something that was maybe just from this world to something that's not from this world anymore. Right? Yeah. So um, the transformation and the opportunity that we have, like right now has grossly increased. It's like shut up with the, with the, with the father's presence being introduced to us that we can be friends with the father's presence every day. As he sees us seek him, as he sees us turn our hearts to him, as he sees us be sincere with him, then he begins to pour out his instructions. He begins to pour out his guidance, his leading. He begins to shine his light on us in so many ways. And then we begin to see how he's operating and begin to begins to help us to walk each step. But then he also needs to see those that initial desire for you to come in sincerity and come in humility and say, I need help. I mean, Gideon, um, even like, if you look at the story of the judges, many of them would come and say, Father, this is, this is the case. What's going on with our land? We need help. We need help. Help us. Mm-hmm. And the Father would send a person. And that person, that would be, that would be you, know, you know, it could be, it was Gideon that was, was a representative for the father to do his work, you know, but I bet you that Gideon was probably, it, you know, was probably already seeking the father looking for um, the father's presence, looking for him to to have that relationship with the father, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. The blueprint remains the same. It's like, you know, if we go back to Genesis 39 now and we see the same thing with, with Joseph, Joseph had, the blueprint of seeking the father and so when Joseph came to when he was taken into slavery or into that situation it was not that he now started to cultivate that relationship but in that moment he already was already actively seeking the father and so when it now came time for let's say um, a challenge that was in his life, like this moment where he stepped into the workplace to become a slave, which was, a, let's say, an employee. Yeah. It, it was already, it began to be activated. It already, I was already like, you know, it was already, it began to play a key role in how he operated because he was already not operating from the context of this world, you know? So one thing that seeking the father does you is that it begins to turn you from operating from the way the world does to operating from the paradigm of out of this world. And Absolutely. It's, amplified, it's, it's amplified with the power of the father's presence, even to today as we have it now, after you know Yeshua left and and sent forth his presence to us to be our helper, we have such an Im- a bigger, uh, man, it's like, you know, Hebrews Hebrews 11 says, they have, they have been waiting for this time. They've been waiting for this time that there's never been a time like this. And the fruit that's gonna come out of that is gonna be exponential. It's uh, it, it just, uh,
1: cause I, 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 I let, let me first, um, Kind of transcribe or maybe uh for someone who might be like, oh man, like uh there's a handful that was said there. Uh l- let me just kind of maybe uh, uh, break break uh, it down. Uh, yeah, let me let, let, let me break it down for the listeners because as I said, we have a very special guest today. He's uh his mind is very his mind thinks very differently, so very elevated, I should say. So the, the takeaway from when you read, when you when you are decoding these characters in the Bible and the, the, the principles that we really need to harness, for instance, from the things that uh, our brother Tolo was just sharing about the importance of communing with the Heavenly Father. How do you, this is how you should think about it. How Would you apply that to your everyday walk? Let's say if you're dealing in business, work, money, business, investing, and leadership, <coughs> there's something to be said about yeah, um, if you are the smartest person in a room, then you are really, uh, in a room. You, the, the people out in the world, they, they, they're just saying that you never want to be the smartest person in the room because. It means you can't learn anything, right? So, but also, like in the in, uh, out in the world, like in our normal everyday interactions, people have what they call mentors. A mentor basically unveils your blind sports. And on a regular basis, whether it's a spiritual mentor or a business mentor or a marriage mentor, we all know that you meet with them and you, you talk to them and they basically try to get you to see things differently. They usher in a new perspective, something that your lack of experience, that your lack of technical know-how or just overall lack of experience, whether it's technical or whatever it is, they basically say, hey, you maybe should think about it this way, right? Right. So what the challenge that we are putting to you who is listening to this podcast is, this episode, is human beings tend to think that, okay, like right now in the world right now, this world is only because of the people who are in these places of authority, our world is only moving as far, as, as far ahead as the smartest person that we have humanly possible. So let, let me just throw out some examples. The medical field is only moving ahead, as far ahead, is only advancing based on the smartest, let's say, doctor or physician or pharmacist or research and development person we have. Right? That's if that if 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 the if the smartest person, if the smartest person that we have in a certain field. Is basically stuck. The whole world is stuck right now. And that's why we they, you know, most people when they look back in 2010, if you told them where shall we be in 2020, a lot of people would say, We're gonna be having flying cars, we're gonna be having this, this, and that. And and now it's everyone's surprised. Like, well, we don't have flying cars, we don't even have self-driving cars. Uh, we're still figuring out drones and and all of this. Well, it's because as human beings, we seem to cap wisdom and experience and everything at the level of man. We never go beyond the highest, uh, the smartest human being in the room to consult our Heavenly Father, to consult the wisdom of God. That's, That's the takeaway from this. So Let me just throw out another example. If, let's say, let's look at self-driving cars or let's look at Rockets, let's look at innovation in that space. The field of self-driving cars, let me say, will only go as far as, let me say, one of the main players goes. So if Elon Musk gets stuck, it's basically like, every you know, it holds back the line. Do Do you see what I mean? But now you imagine if Elon Musk gets stuck in his own wisdom and says, man, let me first spend a couple of weeks here consulting God and saying, man, how can we bypass these issues we're having? Like, how can we deal with our supply chain? How can we deal with the uh, manufacturing bottlenecks? How can we deal with some of the raw materials we're putting into these electric car batteries? And Elon Musk basically brings him his wisdom and the wisdom of God and acknowledges in humility and humbleness that, hey, I do not know everything, right? And I'm going to consult someone who is smarter than I, God, because God is the inventor of all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It all flows from him. How much farther along would we be as a society? But now the problem is everyone is looking at Elon Musk as God, and saying, "Man, Elon Musk is gonna save us." So when Elon Musk gets stuck, or let's say if he's not able to go to work, let's say for a couple months or you know a week or whatever, basically it almost means like every time Elon Musk stops, the innovation of that industry stops as well, mm. because we are not leaning into a high authority to understand that there is someone who is smarter than human beings. That's the problem we have here. That's what you're trying to explain. I, I, I'm, I'm really, I just want them to see from that standpoint is that whether it's in military strategy, whether it's a simple bakery business, whether it's a uh, company, Google, Apple, um, uh, these people are not consulting the wisdom of God. That's why we have a lot of side effects in all the products that we have right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's as you as you said, um, the wisdom of man has a lot of side effects, basically. But yeah. you, you,
1: you can you can run with it.
0: Yeah, um, I just wanted to just say that the the word, the word of the Father, the word of Elohim, the word of God is very practical it is you uh, patient you know patience has to be cultivated in us and this relationship has to be cultivated so you can hear and and uh, one thing you know some people might say oh well i've tried this before it doesn't even it doesn't work then no it's that you probably haven't waited You know, you probably need to wait. We all need to wait before him. Sometimes, um, I think, uh, I mean, we had this discussion and we've laughed about it a few times, um, Calvin, but um, I think some few weeks or months, it's been a while since this conversation has been going, but uh, we talked about having to wait for this answer, wait for him to teach you wait to learn how to listen one of the things that um let's say i speak to the believers here but one of the things that is the hardest thing i mean even for all of people everybody even today you look at social media the attention span for each person is di- diminishing by in months it diminishes by by 10 seconds before you could watch a uh, two-hour movie four-hour movie and it's okay now you can watch uh, one hour 30 minute movie and it's still too long you know um, the, on social media it's now down to you, you need to watch 20 second reels in Instagram for you to like I, I, I'm in the marketing side of things that's my profession so um, like business-wise that's professional to have a 20-second video. And so it's just come down to 20 seconds of your attention. So <laughs> it's, it shows how patience has diminished over the, the years. Before And
1: how, how do we think, this is some of the side effects that I'm talking about, how do we think that you are going to sit down, you are going to give God Almighty, that he's going to download a full plan on how to build a rocket ship or build an electric car or build a billion dollar business if all your attention span has been trained by social media to come down to 20 seconds
0: yeah it's impossible it's it's it's, it's, right. a, it's a paradox you know so you're going to create it's going to be and it's okay you know so it's not to, for all of us this is why it still goes back to this and I keep I will keep bringing it up and you know just as peter says I will, he'll keep he said that he'll keep reminding us of these things So it becomes ingrained in us that we can always present our weaknesses to the father. What Mm -hmm. is your day like? What is your life like? What is your job like? What is your schedule like? What is your morning like? What is your afternoon like? What is your day? Everything. Just go to him in your prayer closet and give that to him and say, father, this is my life. Is it good? Is it good? Is it this? Do you like it? No. You know, be honest with him, sincere. And then you telling me the word, okay, I heard this. I heard that, you know, this is your word. I heard that you can show me how to be effective in the workplace. I want to experience it for myself, but here is my shortcoming. And for me, that was the same thing. I had to, from my own personal experience, I had to go to him that way, you know, um, I heard in mm-hmm. his word that okay, um, he could work with people, and I saw Joseph's story in Genesis thirty-nine, and so I went to him. I was like, Father, um, I, I, I say, I hear, I heard this before, and this, this is, this is how I'm working, but I want to really understand how you work, how you are showing me all these things, and. It didn't happen just more once, like he just came out, and bl- uh, you know, bl- brought out everything for me. But I kept on going to him, and even it was uh, it was after one night. Then I, I, I went back to him. and Was like, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait for that answer. You know, I'm just gonna st- spend time in your presence. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna listen, and that is scriptural because if you go to Psalm five verse three, it says that you'll, will, you'll. Will, you will um, you'll rise up in the morning and you turn your face to him, and then you make your request and you will wait for an answer. And you will <laughs> wait for an answer. Psalm 5, mm-hmm. verse 3 says that you've got to wait for an answer. You have to wait and learn to listen. Um, Isaiah 50, verse 4 to 9, or say four, four, I think 46, to, four, to 4 to 5 or so. Um, I think it's 45. But it says that Yahweh Elohim, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. That sounds like encouraging. That sounds like it could be um, you know, a public speaker. It sounds like you could be a counselor, it sounds like it could be a teacher, it sounds like it could be <laughs> there's so many roles that fit into that very that very portion of Isaiah 50, verse 4. But the mm-hmm. next part is really what I'm really gonna go into. So how how can this happen? It says he wakes me up morning by morning. He wakes my ear to hear as the learned. In the KJV, says learned. In uh, in another in other translations, might say student. In another place, it says disciple. All of them are synonymous. But the aspect I really like in English is student. You have to learn to. The, you have to be a student of the kingdom of Elohim. You have to be a student of the kingdom of God. You have to, and he's going to wake up, wake, wake your ear morning by morning to hear him as the student. And another thing that happens when you pray and you seek him and you wait to listen is that he's awakening your, your ear, your hearing to hear as the student. So it's not something that, you know, it just happens overnight that, oh, like, oh, you're going to get like, uh, like Calvin is saying that you're just going to get a world groundbreaking um, pivotal thing that shifts the paradigm of you in your workplace or shifts the paradigm of your workplace overnight. Um, No, it's not going to happen that way. It happens when he is teaching you and he's constantly teaching you and he's ingraining his word in you. It'll come for a time when he's, he needs to make a move and he's going to pull out one of his vessels and you might be that vessel that he will use. And that vessel is going to be overflowing, not even full, but overflowing with anointing to change the paradigm of wherever it is. You know, the, the, I think Isaiah 60 or 61 says, I will make the place of my feet glorious. Mm-hmm. You know, but it doesn't just happen overnight. You know, it has to happen from the cultivation of hearing. And the cultivation of hearing after you pray, after you look at the word, whenever you, you know, the today, everyone, you know, even in this, in, in, in churches for, for believers, I'm speaking again, many times, the people just dart out of the, the church, dart out of a fellowship, dart out of their prayer closet. And I used to be that. I used to be that. Oh, why? Because I don't have time. I, my next schedule, my appointment. But you do have time. You just present your life to the Father. Present him to you. Present him your life. Let him work it out with you. Let him show, and you have to be willing for that to happen so that he begins to influence your life. His way of doing things begins to influence your life. And then things begin to change from that standpoint. And then that leads to you beginning to download new strategies from the heavens, which now leads to your influ- the influence of the Father through you in your workplace example.
1: Wow. Well, that, that was, um, that was beautifully stated. Um, uh, the, the, the only thing that I can really add is cause you're talking about, uh, the waiting that you're talking about, cause I just, I just did a series, um, a new series, uh, I was working on a different series and the, the premise was there's something very ironic but still iconic about because we're talking about now waiting because we've already established the attention span of our generation has been affected people don't have time to be patient to wait to really let things uh simmer Mm. you know there's a lot of meditation apps that are trying to get people to calm down their minds and this and that The reasons why we don't have really unique innovations happening and why there seem to be a lot of me too ideas is because everyone's just looking at what everybody's doing. No one is really stepping out of the picture, out of the box and saying, let me really go and sit down and analyze how this business is doing this. And let me really sit down and think of how I can do things better. Since we're talking about waiting and basically Uh, which is a really good segue to meditation. Um, How many people do you think after the clock shuts down, after the clock strikes 5 p.m. on a Friday, how many people do you think between Friday 5 p.m. and Monday 9 a.m., how many employees sit down to meditate on how, on what things they can do better at work, what new ideas, or what new ways they can brainstorm the things can be done in the workplace. I bet you it's not more than 1% of the workforce globally. Yeah. Very few people I kid you know, all the problems that they left. All the problems that they had regarding their work on Friday, 5 p.m., come Monday, 9 a.m., most people not walking in with new ideas. It's no, almost like they clicked, they clicked pause and said, I will deal with you on Monday. And in fact, we all, we've all been there. And you know that they, when you're talking to people, most people have this kind of like jargon. They're like, yeah, I'm not dealing with work until Monday. Can you? Yeah. That's because we, we don't value um, this aspect of work, of, of approaching work and sitting down. I mean, if you left work with a lot of problems on Friday, it's in your best interest to take Friday, Saturday, Sunday, communing with the Heavenly Father, getting His wisdom, and saying, I'm dealing with this problem at work and spending a couple of hours on your Saturday, on your Sunday, really trying to think how you can change the workplace. This is what turns you into an outstanding employee because you're coming in Monday, every, the boss, the CEO, or the manager is like, we need answers. And the whole office is you know, everybody's scratching their heads you know brains are still in the weekend groove but here you show up and say you know what i spent some time thinking about this of the weekend i think this is how we should do this but you know where that could only have come from from you taking some time to sit and be still and and consult with the wisdom of god and say how can i do this better This was episode five of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. In the next episode, our guest Tolu will continue to help us to decode what it takes to go from slave to second in command or from employee to employer, as we see from the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.
2: Put this together, yo, Willie is clever, I can't do better, yo, I got the blues When I go solo, yo, I been a fool, body's been chasing me, now I make moves Whether the weather is sunny or pouring, His presence gon' pour in Ride away, yeah, ain't got no fright today, yeah I'm gonna rise today, yeah, don't gotta fight the way, yeah. Cause I'm peeping through visuals, something invisible, stop from original. I kept it real, never flipped my reciprocals. I had to heal and forgive unforgivables. I've been, yeah, I've been blessed up. Oh. I've been broke down. Gotta catch up, gotta shine now. Running faster, I can slow down, gotta catch up, gotta shine now. Cause I've been blessed up. Oh. I've been brought down, gotta catch up, gotta shine. Shine up